Welcome to Career Tools. Today's show, Systematic Career Documentation, Part 2. Here we go. Okay. So then, once you have this document, and initially it's going to take you a little bit of time, then you need to keep it updated. And so how do we do, how do we do that? Yeah. Assuming for your present job, you've got the responsibilities paragraph pretty good. And folks, look, your, your present job, from, from now on, you know, I, I know most of you are thinking, oh gosh, career management document, I've got to go back into my past, I don't have good stuff. Okay. <laughs> we're, we're assuming right now that in your current job, you, you actually know what your responsibilities yeah, are. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we well, are assuming that is, that is yeah. applied here. But. It's, a good, it's a good start anyway, <laughs> it's right? Some of you are sitting there thinking, gosh, you know, I got to go back and I got to dredge up all this old stuff. And, you know, if you're Mike and I's age, you got 30 years worth of stuff. And remember something. You don't want to be having the same thought five years from now about the previous five years. Maybe you can't go back and make your history perfect. You can make it pretty good and you'll make it good enough to deliver to a one-page resume when you need it. And it's true, right? If you're 30 years in your career, into your career, the last five years of what you did yeah, is more yeah. important than the then previous the, the, 25, the, the, right? The, well, you know, I don't know that the last five more important than the previous 25, although I would say they're sort of looked at more. But the, the, the last five are always, assuming you have 30 years, are certainly more valuable than the first they're, 10 to 15. They're, they're likely to be right. more relevant yeah, to exactly. the position you're in. Absolutely, for, right? yeah. So. yeah. So now, okay, many of you, again, are looking back to the past and kind of groaning. But look... We're talking here about looking for accomplishment monthly, but we're making an assumption that you'll make sure you get your responsibilities right now. For every job you have, get your darn job description that the company creates. If you need to know how to write a job description, we actually did so in our how to give an annual review, how to prepare and then deliver an annual review. It was a four-part series. It was in January of four or five years ago. And basically what we did was we were helping you prepare an annual review if you didn't have a job description. And it helps to know what the basic job description is. And it says here, here are three or four questions to ask yourself that will cause you to, to develop a good, basic, solid job description. Maybe it's only five or six or seven sentences, but that's really all most job descriptions are. So we assume, as we're here talking to you about getting your accomplishments squared away, because those other things are changing, whereas the job you're in isn't changing, so the job description isn't changing that much, that you're going to spend some time getting a solid job description. If you need to create one, go back to that cast and create it. If you have one somewhere in HR or, for that matter, on an internal job posting, if they're hiring other people to do your job, you've got it right there. And just cut and paste and put it right into your CMD. Okay? Now, let's talk about accomplishments. If you've ever had to create a resume on short notice, you know it's an incredibly hard document to, to, to put together fast, right? We want not only to be, be able to create a resume on short notice, but to be able to do it at a high quality level. Okay. You know, I recently put in one of our newsletters that the amount of work required to fix a broken process or a destroyed relationship is much bigger than the little work required to maintain those things along the way, right? Our guidance here is for you to carry out two actions, one of which you only have to do once, and the other will take you 15 minutes a month, 15 minutes a month, right? Right. 
And these two things will allow you to maintain your career documentation systematically and increase the probability that you're going to have a quality resume on short notice. Okay? So the first thing here, if you're at work right now, do these two things right now. If you're not at work, do them the first thing when you get to work. The first thing you do is make a folder in Outlook or Lotus Notes or whatever email client you have, and you call it CMD. Then go into your calendar and make a calendar appointment for 15 minutes, recurring monthly, also called CMD. Okay. Each time you get an email from your boss with a well done, a note from your customer saying thank you, you know, a woohoo from your peer, well done, thanks a lot, appreciate it. Copy those mails into your CMD folder in your email client, as well as whatever filing system you might use. If you want to print them out and put them in a mail folder, right, called CMD, lucky, Go good for, for you, right? You may be of the school of thought that the search function in your email client is sufficiently advanced in email now that you can find a single email later and therefore you don't need the folder. Please create it anyway. Yeah. Well, I you, have to say, you got to know what email you're searching for to find it. Yeah, exactly. Right? So if it's a woo-woo yeah. from, a, from a peer, well... Yeah, which yeah. peer? Yeah, Rob which peer or Bob or, or Jane. What project? Yeah, and yeah exactly. Please create it anyway. We've done this both ways and we know this way works and the other way is very frustrating, right? Having the folder there visible daily is going to remind you to drag emails to it. It's going to make that collection more comprehensive. You know, we tell people all the time to, to schedule one-on-ones when you start scheduling one-on-ones with your directs and the manager tools cast three weeks out because everybody's busy this week and next week, but everybody's calendar is essentially empty three weeks from now. Um, it's amazing. And then when we ask them, what were you doing two weeks ago? Nobody remembers it. It's as right. if their memory just burns up, right? The idea that you would look back four weeks ago and remember what you were doing on on February 2nd or something like that. You know, what a no joke. No it's way. not going to happen. You need a reminder. It needs to be sitting there. And when you get something, it needs to go into into the CMD folder. Right. And um, again, don't censor yourself. Right? Just just stick it in there. If you, if you think, just like brainstorming, yeah. if you think it's good, if you think it's going to be useful later on as an accomplishment, you put it in yeah, there. Yeah, more is better. Censor yourself yeah. later. Yeah. Um, each time your calendar item comes up, you review the emails, you review your notes, decide which ones will make good accomplishments, and either print them out or send them to yourself at home and place them in a folder ready for you at the end of the quarter that you're going to essentially add to updating the document. End of the quarter. So I assume we're going to do something at the end of each quarter then. Yeah, exactly. E- each quarter. Yeah, you're, you're, you're so smart. I want to be smart like you, right? So we're going to update our career management document quarterly. At the end of each quarter, please, again, on your calendar, take the printouts, take the emails, take the notes, take the filing cards, whatever they are, and add them to your CMD. And you could do this monthly, but it's likely that a lot of your projects or your activities are not going to complete within a month. And so it's going to be harder to update the, your CMD with the accomplishments, which obviously by definition are finished, uh, each month. Again, Mike said it, I've said it, don't be tempted to censor yourself by looking at your accomplishments and ranking them and deciding to leave some off of the CMD. This is not a resume. It could be that that minor accomplishment or that project is one that demonstrates a particular essential skill for your next role. Your CMD can be 5, 10, 15 pages. It just doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. It's raw material. It's first draft stuff. It's only for you. And more is better. More is better. More is better. It's like brainstorming in cash. More is better. 
Okay, so now we have the, the career management document. We've we've filed stuff monthly. We're going to update it quarterly, and now we get to the fun part. The whole purpose of having the CMD in the first place: creating the resume. Yeah. In fact, here's a way to think about your resume and your CMD, your career management document. When your boss asks you, "What do you think about X?" You probably come up with, you know, what should the plan be? You come up with a couple of alternatives, and then you pick one and you execute the one, right? You brainstorm a little bit. You try to think creatively within the time limits you've gotten, and then you move forward, right? You have an internal dialogue about what's going on, and then you state something externally. I think we should do X or Y or Z. That's the connection between the CMD and the resume. The CMD is your internal career management document. And the resume is your external career mm. management document. And if you don't have an internal one, your external one is going to suffer. Or put differently, if you only have an external one from two years ago and you consider that to be your career history, it's a really weak history. And if it's two years old and you have to create a new one quickly, I would argue that it's like putting matches on top of one another and it, the tower gets too tall and too too unstable because your previous resume got you this job, so it was good for this job, but who's to say that it's good that what you have on it for your previous history is good for the next job, and you're going to have to come up quickly with stuff that you did over the last two years. You're going to have to find responsibilities. You're going to probably do it at home with a weekend. You're not going to have access to HR's files about job descriptions and responsibilities right. paragraphs and so on. It's really, and, and it's frustrating because all too often we, when Wendy or I or you get calls about resumes, it's because people are panicking, Yeah. right? And the first thing you say is, don't panic, right? It's like that line in the American president where the, 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 the press is surrounding the White House and the press secretary says, I think the first thing we should do is appear not to panic. Um, and the president says, gee, that's funny. I, I think the first thing we should do is not panic. And people panic. They're like, oh, my gosh, I got this great interview, and I don't have a resume. And you look at them and go, and what part of that is not your responsibility? <laughs> so <laughs> Don't you listen to our cast? Yeah, you What's do. Wrong with you? Right. We want to help. It's free. Um, so... Every time you need your resume from now on, you're going to be able to go back to your CMD and create a resume that's high quality and fast. And that's the key with resumes, high quality and fast. You look at the job description, what you know of the company, the industry, and the environment for the job you're interviewing for, and you pare down each of those responsibility paragraphs, and, and you pare down your bullet list of accomplishments until you have a one-page resume. And it really becomes a qualitative decision-making process. Is it bullet A or bullet B? And the great thing about this is if you have a lot, when you look at the job description of the job they're hiring you for, you can say, which ones of these best show me for that one? Right. And, and you narrow the number of things you have to prepare interviewing answers, behavioral interviewing answers for. Right. It really, so if you start off with a 10-page CMD and you get to a one-page resume, you have a yeah. dense, dense resume. Good word, dense. Completely dense. It's yeah. responsibilities that apply to this job and accomplishments yep. that would be useful or interesting to the recruiter or the manager exactly. with whom you're yep. interviewing. Yeah. Yep. So now, now, folks, you're probably going, hmm, this is a, I got a little tickle in the back of my head. I think they're saying something I don't want to want to hear, and you're right. We're going to clarify it now. We are suggesting you create a new resume for each application you make for each job you go after. Different resume, okay? Some of you may be thinking, what are they talking about? I've only got one resume. And that's one of the inherent problems, what I was just alluding to, regarding resumes. Instead of using the same one for every application, you need to be tailoring your resume to the applications you make for the jobs you apply for. 
because your CMD has everything you ever did on it, it's, it's easy. easy to use that as a basis for your resume and to take out everything that isn't relevant. It's much easier to do this than start from a basic resume and add more relevant things, not only because you have to remember what they are, because you're now having to write parts of your resume under a deadline. And, and that whole speed thing just totally decimates the quality thing. You end up with sloppy work, right? I want to take a little bit of an aside here, and I want to make a case for the market in general, okay? No matter whether you're listening to this in, um, in 2010 or 2012 or 2013, there's going to come a time. If, you, if you're in a down market, you want to do this work now because when the market is hot, things speed is an advantage, okay? When the market is hot, you have to do it because if you don't do it then, you're losing ground on when, because the market is hot, you're probably achieving the most you're achieving. People tend to do tend to high-level accomplishments when the market is doing really well. That means the economy is expanding. That means there's more responsibilities. That means you're getting stretched in many different ways. And it doesn't matter whether the market is good or bad. You need to do this now. For those of you who are listening in, in 2010, which is probably when this will be released, the market is going to start improving. If you do this now, it will make it so much easier to not be panicky. Think about it. Work starts to pick up. You've gotten used to, whether you like it or not, and everyone tells me it's not true, but you know, after 30 years, I've finally gotten a sense of, I may begin to know something. And, and you know, when the, mar when the market starts to get hot for hiring people, that means people are busier at work. And they have established a new cadence at work in, in the slower times that is slower than their cadence when it's fast. You've slowed down a little bit, and now things are heating up. You're being given more work to do, and now you have an unsolicited opportunity in front of you right when you're delivering on a very important project. Most of us do a poor job on the resume, in part because the operational tempo is working against us. Now, we want you to have a strong, high, fast operational tempo at work, but it works against you. You need to have the raw material already in place. And so I encourage you, whether the market's fast or slow, please, you need to do this now. Build the baseline so that all you're doing is maintaining, um, so that moving forward, you can move quickly and produce high quality. Okay, now look, if you're wondering what to include, go through the requirements of the role you want and include any responsibilities and accomplishments which are directly applicable, okay? Then think for a little bit about the wider environment. Is the company going to be in a cost-cutting mode? Then maybe you need to include cost reduction of confidence. If you know they're exploring outsourcing, right, and you have experience in outsourcing, include it. If there's a push to go overseas and you have expat experience, definitely bring that up or bring up a foreign language experience, for instance. Okay? The more hard work you do now, the more you'll be able to focus on what are they really wanting in this job rather than trying to write a resume. And it'll be the difference between trying to sell a car and trying to, because you have it on the lot, and trying to understand what it is the customer wants and making sure that the customer chooses to buy, they're going to have chosen something that is exactly right for their needs because you'll have known what their needs are. Okay, two more thoughts on, on what to include on your career management document. You've got to include, include at least one accomplishment which demonstrates you can successfully carry out 
the core responsibility of your role or your job. We see hundreds of resumes for project managers which don't include anything about on time, on budget, delivery, within scope, delivery of projects. To me, this is a red flag. This is like <laughs> putting a responsibility bullet. I immediately think, oop, didn't have any good accomplishments, and oop, might have gotten fired from the job, wants to hide the fact that he got fired, so he's just going to list responsibilities because yeah. he clearly didn't have any accomplishments, right? Software developer, but never developed any software. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, a, no, no, what, what they would say is, well, of course I developed a lot of software. Well, but it's not on here. Well, I know, but it's on. But I did it. I said, "Well, how do we know?" Well, I mean, everybody knows I did right. that. I mean, and how well the did primary you do job? It? And how much did you yeah, do? How well, yeah. <laughs> how fast and, did you and, do? And and this goes well, back level. to to one of Horstman's laws about interviewing. You don't get credit for the things you've done. You get credit for the things the recruiter, or the hiring manager knows you've done. And unless you get an interview where you get a chance to talk about yourself more, all you get credit for is what's on your resume. And if your primary job is project management, then you ought to have one, two, three, four, five bullets about project management, right? And that's the great thing about the career management document is when you have a career management document, you don't miss those basic job things. Now, what people always have on their resumes are the special assignments, the unique situations, the unusual situations that people remember because memory of, you know, memory works that way. But the day-to-day -day grind of delivering projects and meeting things on time and on budget, that doesn't, to come, doesn't tend to come up. Well, yeah. And of course, this software developer has developed lots of software, but if you wanted to talk about that and you need to, then why not pick the piece of software or the several pieces of software that demonstrate it to the, in, you know, your exactly. abilities in the best light? Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. Fast, higher quality, six month project, yeah. zero bugs found in yeah. system test or something, you know, yeah. those and, kind of and, things. And look, to be fair to those of you who are like, gosh, this is harder than I thought, we see resumes from CEOs who forget to include that they increase shareholder value or they were profitable or they increased profit margins or they grew the company, you know, by XYZ uh, in line with the board's expectations. Look, the first bullet in your accomplishment list, in your list of bullets, needs to be the most important. And generally, it's this one which demonstrates your ability to do what you're paid to do. Make sure that first bullet is the strongest and, and hopefully it's also primarily related to your major responsibility in your job. Now how about things like, they're important to, certainly to the individual who, uh, who did them, but raising money for charity, you know, boats rowed across oceans, leadership of the company baseball league team, yeah. that kind of stuff. You know, it's funny, we, we do see a trend, candidates telling hiring managers what the candidate wants them to know. And, I, and I, I've been trying to avoid, I've been trying to hint at this with the car salesman thing. Look, those, those things are important, right? Your, your, your community involvement. But I think in the last 20 years, community involvement has taken a bigger, people say, oh, companies want a whole person. Yeah, they do. Right, they do. Yeah, so when yeah, so primarily if I'm hiring a software right. developer, yeah. I'm someone who develops. If you're software. a millennial and you're listening and you're saying the companies tell me they want the whole person, and I'm I'm telling you, yes, they do. And what companies really want is the whole person who can do their job better than anybody else on the planet. Now, look, if they have two people to hire, two people who can do the job so bang up, it's awesome, and one's a whole person, they're going to hire the whole person. If the choice is between somebody who can do the job really, really well, who doesn't really have indications of being a whole person, and somebody who's totally a whole person in all ways, shapes, and forms, and totally a great member of the community, totally a great volunteer, and so on, 
and maybe only so-so on the job, sorry. Mm, sorry. You know, <laughs> stay in the community because the company won't hire you. It is important. We know it's important to you, but they're really rarely relevant to the role that you're being interviewed for. Hiring managers are not looking for just well-rounded people with outside interests. They're looking for people who achieve things in an efficient and an effective way. And oh, by the way, if you do that and it comes down to a tiebreaker, maybe the person who has been well-rounded with outside interest gets an extra look. Yeah, it's, um, it's really all going back to the kind of used car salesman analogy. You got to think about the resume from the point of view of what the hiring manager wants to know, right? Yeah. Rather than telling him what you want him to know, tell him what he needs to know. It will increase its effectiveness dramatically. Yeah, there's a thing that one of the things I learned when I was selling at Procter and Gamble was a phrase: "Features tell, benefits sell." Now, an example on a car would be a feature is something that a product has or is. For instance, most cars come with a bumper, right? And the feature of the car is it has a bumper, right? And most people would say, "Well, yes, I definitely want that feature on my car," but actually. People really don't care about the feature. What they want is the benefit the feature provides. If it saves them in an accident, if it reduces injuries in an accident or reduces damage to the vehicle and repair costs to the vehicle because it has some shock absorption built into it, that's a benefit to the buyer. You don't sell products based on the features. You sell products based on the benefits to the buyer. You may have the exact same features as somebody else, but they do a better job of showing that person, the hiring manager, of how their features are a benefit to that company. And you can't get to the benefits discussion until you think about what it is the company wants. I don't say to myself, I want feature X. What I want is benefit Y. And I don't care if you have feature X, Y, or Z, I want benefit Y. And if somebody over here has been has feature A, but they show me how it benefits my, the, my you know, has a benefit of Y to me, that's the person I'm gonna hire. Even if it doesn't make sense to you, even if you think it's obvious they should hire you, the question is, do they believe you have the right benefit that you provide the benefit, whatever your features might be. And if you're, if you're creating a resume quickly and you're just doing it off the top of your head, you're probably only focusing on your features and you're not thinking about how to sell yourself. There's an, also another saying, if you wanna sell, ask, don't tell. Meaning, you have to find out what the customer wants before you can give them what they want. You don't just tell them what you have, you find out what they want and then you only tell them those parts of you that benefit them, okay? So, I think that's it, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay, good. So, look, quick roundup. You've got to create your career management document, your CMD. Look for those accomplishments monthly. Get them on your, get them scheduled, okay? Repetitive, uh, recurring calendar, control shift G, or control G to make something recurring. Uh, update your CMD quarterly. Again, control G there uh, in Outlook. And then you create your resume from your career management document when you need it. You've already brainstormed and now you're deciding and you've got a really high quality, very fast one-page resume. Look, if you have an effective resume, it's not just, folks, about words on the page. It's about having a systematic approach to capture all the stuff that allows you to put those words on the page. You've got to capture that stuff, you've got to store it, and you've got to be able to use it effectively and efficiently when it's required. Like so many things, 
this activity, the creation of the CMD and the maintenance of the CMD responds very well to the little and often approach as opposed to the big and rare approach, right? If you follow the guidance in, in this cast, you'll be able to leverage minimal, a little bit of work into an effective representation of your career when you need it. And, and that'll lead to a better career for you. And anything you can do to get more of your skills used by more of the world makes the world a better place. And that's a good thing. Yeah. And before, before we go, though, we should mention we try not to push products, paid products, no, on, sure. on the podcast. But given the topic here, we, I feel like we should mention to folks, we do have a paid product, the interviewing series on the website. That is, if you like this stuff, there's a lot more than yeah. that that takes it all the it's way all about from, the tailoring of yourself to an interviewer. And come to think of it, and we also have the resume review service, right? We Where do, for, yeah. for 100 bucks you get, you get a chance to have your resume reviewed, and you get seven or eight or nine or ten pages of detailed guidance about, here's your resume, here's what we think it should be, and here's how you need to change it to make it a highly professional, effective resume. Yeah. And, and, and we, I think we do have a pretty good track record of staying away from pitching our stuff because um, this stuff is free. We want our podcast to be free no matter where you are in the world. We know some of you can't afford management development uh, guidance uh, on your own, and so that's why we do this. And yet, for those of you who can't afford it, we only put together products that are high value and as low a cost as we can, uh, as we can make it in keeping with what manager tools and career tools are all about, which is helping yeah. people be yeah. professionals. So www.managertools.com if you're interested. All right. Great. That's it. That's that's about as much marketing as we yeah, do. Yeah, at once. We're never going to do it for six more months. Not another word. There you go. Thanks, right, Marco. See you. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you all next week. So long. <laughs>